Welcome to the Girl Power Alliance podcast, where you're going to meet and hear from some inspiring women with incredible stories who are leading in business and in faith. We are on a mission to impact the world by empowering women to dream bigger through kingdom-minded mentoring and leadership. This is where women grow. Welcome back to another Girl Power Alliance podcast. Uh, this particular podcast was has been a very long time in the making. I'm so excited about our guest today, who is not just a guest, she is a friend, uh, she's definitely a mentor to many, many women and many more coming. Um, I have, we have, Tiffany and I have today on the podcast, um, the woman behind the Salvation Foundation, who is, who, that's who we're partnering with here at Girl Power Alliance. So I'm so excited to share who she is with you, her story. And let me just tell you a little bit of background on her because there's a lot. We could do a whole podcast just on her background before <laughs> the Salvation Foundation. If you're listening to this, you're only going to get to hear her beautiful and sexy voice. But if you're watching this on YouTube, you get to see her physical beauty. And uh, she is a cover model. She's a fitness competitor. Um, she has done a lot of things in that part of her career and it shows, I mean, she's just stunning. I see her in the gym when we used to be able to go to the gym. I see her in the gym all the time and I'm always looking over at her going, man, that girl looks good. <laughs> and in addition to that, she's the CFO of her and her husband's company called Paradigm Funding. Um, they are wildly successful in that space. And uh, she is a mother. She is a wife. She is a believer. She has a heart of absolute gold. And God put something on her heart. I have a feeling when she shares the story a long time ago, and it's just now coming into uh, fruition. And when when God was downloading the Vision for Girl Power Alliance, one thing was very clear from day one. And I told Kara when I finally got on the phone with her, I've known since day one I was going to partner with you. I just never told you. God told me for sure that we as a company were going to partner with Kara to support her efforts, to support her foundation, to bring more people to hear about her foundation. And so like, it was probably, I don't know, maybe two months. I talked to her like, hey, I'd like to talk to you about something that I'm doing. Two months later, we get on the phone. I'm like, just so you know, I've always been planning on doing this. <laughs> we just never got together. So um, I'm so excited for you guys to hear from her. But before I bring, Kara, this is Kara Garland. <laughs> She's the founder of the Salvation Foundation. Um, before I bring her on, I want to bring on our co-founder, the GPA co-founder, Tiffany, because Tiffany you just have to hear this connection and you'll know more than ever how God really just is aligning the most amazing people here with Girl Power Alliance. And so Tiffany, I'm going to be quiet so you can share that. Yeah. Yeah. So what's really cool is when you and I partnered, Michelle, um, you know, and coming up with our foundation, I'm sorry, not our foundation, our movement, I should say, I'm, I'm already, we're already in, you know, full, full motion with you, Kara. I'm already talking about the foundation. I love it. <laughs> um, but no, when we were talking about our movement and who we wanted to partner with, and um, actually when Michelle and I connected, you know, we already had so many strings where God connected us in so many areas, even down to my mother. So um, when we connected, you know, we were talking about the people that I, I personally knew in Temecula and I was like, oh yeah, you know, my girlfriend and you came up and that's how she said, no way. And I said, yes. And actually we weren't even really talking about Girl Power Alliance at that point. We were just talking about mutual connections and how long we've known each other. It's been a decade. Can you believe that? No. <laughs> 
So Kara and I actually going back into our fitness realm, that's actually how we met. And we developed a relationship over the years. We've always stayed connected. I absolutely love your heart. You're one of the most kind, beautiful people I've ever met. Like just from the inside out, like you're absolutely beautiful. However, your heart is, is something that we're in alignment with and also just who you are as a person. Um, you've just always been that, that kind person. So let's, let's share a little bit about how we met and how this all connected. And, and I'm excited to hear your, your story. Thank you. Well, ultimately I just, I, I want to say thank you to, um, the both of you. Uh, I feel really honored that God has spoken and, in the same ways that he gives me feelings about how right this is and about how this alliance is going to do something beyond what we can really comprehend right now. I feel the same way about both of you, the, the hearts that you both possess just in general, but especially in, in this, um, I, I guess I would say new avenue of, of networking that we're doing here with other like-minded women that are, um, um, just in love with, with God and, um, have a a forward mind thinking of doing everything that he empowers us to do, um, through, through how he speaks to us and just both of you inner and outer beauty. I can, I can honestly say the same. And I feel like we could talk about that for (laughs) a whole whole separate podcast. (laughs) I know, but ultimately, um, I just feel really embraced by the both of you and I can't stress enough how uh, honored I feel to, to align with you and to have your desires to be to um, aid in my efforts to eradicate sex trafficking and um, moving forward with this alliance is something that just feels right on every level. And I really feel that, um, this alliance will not only help in the effort to fight it, but it's going to create awareness. Mm. So a lot of the people that are going to be a part of your network, I think it's just such a beautiful thing that we can all come together and um, share with one another the things that are going on right now and bring light to places that um, have been dark for so long. So it's not even, it's even beyond dark, Kara, because I would love for you to share the vision behind the foundation, but I just want to say this specifically about sex trafficking. I think the average person literally knows this much. And the reason, there's a lot of reasons. Of course, it's people don't talk about it, but I think part of it is that the reality that is that is right now in this dark, black, evil world is almost beyond what our human hearts can comprehend. Mm-hmm. And so um, what you're doing is so important. And I know that there are more people that living in slavery now than ever in the history of the world Mm -hmm. because of sex trafficking. And so um, if you would just uh, share with everybody what your vision is, because it's a very, very bold and big vision. It is. And (laughs) to that point, uh, when I first started um, putting my thoughts together now, this has been going on for a few years. My research into this, um, my awareness of sex trafficking happened, I'd say probably five to six years ago. And ever since then, I, uh, again, that, that heavy weight was on my heart to continue to educate myself and um, really broaden my scope of vision as to what this really was and is. So like you mentioned, most people have a very misconstrued concept of what 
trafficking is. And a lot of that has to do with the the media and Hollywood depicting it in a certain fashion when it's not really the case. Now, there is some truth to how they depict it in their movies and in television shows, but that's only scratching the surface. Um, so if you've ever seen that picture of the iceberg, you know, it's it's up at the very top. It's it's surface level. There, the, the depths of trafficking goes so far beyond, like you said, what a human mind can comprehend, you know, on an average. So to create the awareness, you know, I really started, I struggled with what I was going to say and how I was going to display that information because I didn't know how it was going to be received. And I think that even through the years of gathering this information and doing the education that I have, I had such a hard time with the launch. I launched in January um, and I pushed that off for so long because of my own fears from what I had been through and the vulnerability that I was going to have to display by exposing my, my past and, and what really prompted me to, to go down this road of being a voice and fighting for these women and children. I pushed that launch off for months and months and months out of fear. And I, you know, many different types of fear. I had fear that, you know, I was going to fail. I had fear that I was going to be rejected. I had fears that I wasn't going to be believed. I had fears that I was going to be looked at like I was crazy and I didn't know what I was talking about. But ultimately listening to that, it, it, it started as a whisper and then it became a yell. And then it was like a, you better do this from God saying, I am telling you, so you have to go down this road because I truly feel like this is my calling. I, I've been through so much to be able to be here. So um, I was told that I had to go down a lane and I had to stay down one lane. And I just didn't feel that that was what I was being called to do. And so um, I, I kind of um, was defiant and I'm like, no, I'm not just going to go down one lane. There are so many different things that have to be done to eradicate sex trafficking, um, I couldn't just go down one lane. So what I'm speaking on is from a, a full spectrum, from the beginning, um, which starts with the awareness, to the prevention, to the rescue, and then the rehabilitation. So my goal has been, and this is what I've been doing, this is what has really been in the works. Um, I'll just kind of give you a brief overview, but um, I am looking to partner with other organizations that are already well-established that have their boots on the ground that have things set into motion and that have already been catering to all of these different avenues of trafficking. So on the awareness side, and mind you, a lot of this stuff, unfortunately has, has been put on hold just due to what we're experiencing right now um, on a global level with the um, coronavirus. But um on the awareness side, going and speaking at um, children's assemblies and schools uh, to children of of all ages from elementary to middle school to high school and presenting this information to them at a level that they can understand. So uh, again, based on on age level, handing out pamphlets and um, and materials that they can understand at each of those age levels, but then also working with school district uh, school districts and um, uh, governmental agencies to where we can then distribute this um, uh, you know city county statewide to parents whether it's through a newsletter or information that we're handing out to the children to give to their parents warning about um, predators and um, 
pedophiles and uh, grooming social media. So on an awareness level with women and children, their caregivers, parents, um, that's one thing that we would like to set into motion that was planned for this month, but like I said, had to be put on hold. But then also through social media with Paradigm, I have an entire marketing team. So um, I have assistance with creating marketing videos um, that we can send out through social media and push them out, email campaigns, um, moving into the prevention side of things. Uh, they, they all kind of piggyback off one another and you'll be able to see that through um, what I'm sharing with you. But on the prevention side, um, I have already met with the DA of Riverside County and um, we've been in discussions with partnering with local law enforcement. We have a, um, a task force here in Riverside County and um, working with uh, the, the task force and local law enforcement, I've actually been invited to um, um, attend their meetings so that I can truly understand what um, um, gaps there are currently so that we can then, whatever funding is raised through the foundation, it'll go directly toward those efforts, whether it's working on the dark web and trying to eradicate the, um, the content that's pushed out with child abuse material and um, uh, eliminating as much as possible any type of um, uh, pedophilia um, content that's, that's going across the dark web that's being advertised or being sold, any type of um, um, apps or, or social media outlets, where it's monitored, we can really start identifying what's going on and, and hire team members that can work on a, a technology side to eradicate any type of, of predator activities or grooming activities that are going on there. But then also to work with, um, like I mentioned, the law enforcement to uh, do sting operations and go in and do rescue missions. And if we need to fund additional team members, whether it, we're pulling people out of retirement that are in law enforcement or military or special ops, or just expanding what they already have and providing more resources with that funding that we're raising for the foundation, that's another avenue and angle that I want to take um, with the prevention and the rescue side as well. So like I said, the prevention, the rescue, they all bleed into one another. So once the rescue missions are completed, most of the time when they do these rescue missions, they're actually able to make arrests too. So then uh, on another scope of things, it's working alongside the DA and um, their entire team of, of um enhancing the, the laws, the rules, the regulations, so that we can actually prosecute them with stricter um, prosecution and, and jail terms, um, um, be able to put them away for life. I know that the DA, that's one of his things, if, if there's any type of um, uh, arrest that's made where any children were involved, he pushes for the, the harshest um, punishments and penalties. So to know that I have that support behind me is, is it's, it's gratifying because I just feel like we can make a really big difference. Um, a lot of the efforts uh, that they're doing here in Riverside County are to focus on the drug um, or the, the gang members that have taken a lot of their drugs and arms attentions and really shifted into trafficking as, as a more primary source of their revenue for, for their gangs. So they are, well aware of what's going on. Um, they are already putting all of these things into, into place, things that have been set into motion for, for a long time now, but I just want to come in and enhance those efforts. And then on the rehabilitation side, 
it's now taking these victims and survivors that we're able to rescue or uh, survivors that are coming forward that might not have felt safe or comfortable coming forward before, I want to create a safe space for them. Now I'm working with a couple of different safe houses in the area here in Southern California that cater to them now. But the problem is, is the resources are limited and many different um, approaches are just to have these survivors sitting in front of a, a psychologist or psychiatrist and they write a prescription and send them on their way. Although I do think that there are many circumstances where that needs to happen, um, you know, as one form of assistance and aid in a rehabilitation process, really truly understanding the psychology behind the extreme traumas that are, that are um, experienced by these children, it's, different than normal traumas. So you have, um, and, and there's a whole list that I can go through, but to save time, I'll just let you know that there, along with PTSD, there are very, very extreme levels of trauma that these children are experiencing by being programmed, um, the abuse, the torture, the violence. It's, it's, um, it has to be dealt with differently. So you can't just give this person medication and expect them to be okay. I'm looking at, and I get chills while I'm saying this, but I, I'm, I'm praying on it and I just hope that it'll happen. And I don't think that God would have put this on my heart if it isn't something that he would have planned to bring to fruition at some point in time, which is probably why I'm vocalizing it right now. But my dream is to work alongside um, a, a very, very close friend of mine that had a also has a dream of opening a wellness center that's local to Southern California. And her dream was for for many different reasons than mine, but so many of them are, are, are running parallel to one another right now. And I would love to be able to purchase some of the land that's still available here. We're so blessed in Southern California, but take some of that land and build a wellness center that uses holistic modalities for these survivors to be able to actually take and use at home. So um, things like yoga and um, uh, deep meditations, breathing exercises, neuro-linguistic tapping, um, rapid eye movement therapies, um, working on energy work, um, using essential oils and um, sound therapies and actual tangible tools that they can take home with them when they're experiencing things like depression or suicidal thoughts or their um, um, out-of-body experiences are taking them back to the nightmares that they actually had to live. I know a lot of the survivors have problems sleeping, they have problems eating, um, they're up all night um, from insomnia because when they do go to sleep, they relive those nightmares and those terrors over and over. And so I have nightmares personally from the stories that I've heard. I can't imagine them having lived these things, what they're experiencing. So there's um, um, also a lot of assistance with those practices that help people um, uh, rehabilitate from drug um, um, dependencies as well. So a lot of these victims, the majority of these victims are pumped full of different types of narcotics and alcohol to numb them and to disassociate them from the pain and trauma that they're experiencing. Also so that they don't remember a lot of the things that they've experienced. And I guess I'll save it for a different podcast, but I can actually get into the depths of what you're um, maybe possibly seeing on social media and hearing um, of, of just how evil these things are. And I can tell you that everything you're hearing is true. Um, and I've heard it firsthand from 
from survivors. So ultimately that's, that's a very high level overview of everything from A to Z of what I'm looking to accomplish with the foundation. And a lot of what I've said is already set into motion really with the exception of the wellness center, but I'm hoping that, um, that'll come to light as well. So, um, I have absolutely no doubt that that will, that will come to fruition and it will probably be even bigger and better than you have believed and hoped for, because that's just how awesome God is. Mm-hmm. Um, I, I want to talk about what, it, what it means for us to partner with you. But before I do that, um, I, you know, People don't just randomly start a foundation. Yes, of course, God puts things on people's hearts. But generally speaking, there is something personal, usually, that happens to people to kind of spark. And, you know, it's it's the beauty of being broken and, and having a loving God that takes our brokenness and uses it to help other people. So I would love for you to just share. You don't have to, it doesn't have to, whatever you feel like sharing personally of why this is such a personal um, mission for you. Well, um, it's... It's, it's hard to, um, take something, some things that have happened to you that were so violating and humiliating. And I, what I experienced, um, I was molested as a child. Um, I was drugged and raped by, um, four law enforcement officers as a teenager and then I was also molested by um, my OBGYN about three months after I had my daughter. And I, if you look at the people that did these things to me, um, my best friend's father, when I was a child, law enforcement, and a doctor. For me to have experienced that from those specific people, people that you look to for comfort and for aid, for guidance, for protection, for safety, um, for trust to be violated in those ways. I didn't know what to do. I didn't know where to turn. I didn't know who I could talk to. I, I just, I lived in this bubble of fear and from childhood, I now can look back and I realized that I lived a life full of fear. If it was out of everything, every move that I made, Every ounce of control that I had to have over my life was strictly out of fear and survival. And I look at how I've lived for so long and in the fashion that I've lived, living in constant fear. And it wasn't just until um, a a few years ago, a couple years ago, really, um, that I really started to identify using a lot of the modalities that I've mentioned and really incorporating them into my life to, to understand what I was feeling. I had no idea that I was feeling guilty for everything that happened to me. I had no idea that I thought that I was the cause of it, that I was to blame. And so feeling those, those feelings of guilt and shame constantly and constantly telling myself that I wasn't good enough because that happened to me and I'm, I'm worthless because now, now what am I, you know, I've been used by those people and abused by those people. So having no sense of self-worth for so long and then having come to this reality where where now I'm starting to try and teach myself 
of my worth and that I no longer have to live in fear and that it, none of it was my fault. And that I don't have to feel guilty because I was victim to it without taking a victim role because I never felt like a victim. I never, I use that. I know a lot of people do and they live and dwell in that space of being a victim. I never did. I used it. Uh, I, I used that, that feeling as, as fuel to propel me to do and be everything that I could with success and perfection. And not that that's healthy because it wasn't, but now I've shifted my, my mindset and my thinking and I've learned so much. So interviewing survivors and reading journals of survivors and diaries and stories and, and really understanding that even though the pain that, and, and the, the life that I experienced because of that pain and because of those traumas and abuses, I, I, could now look at myself as actually lucky that even though I had been through all of that, I survived and I'm thriving. And now I've turned that into something where it's no longer something that happened to me in vain. I am now sharing all of these other victims and survivors stories and hoping to be a voice for them to now have a platform to be able to speak on their own experiences so that one, we can heal through I'm hoping that people can heal through my stories as I continue to share what I went through. But each of these survivors and what they've been through, it makes me realize I, even as bad as I thought I had it, I didn't even, I had, I didn't have it bad in the least. And so to shed light on just how blessed we are in so many different ways, and then aid one another in healing through the things that I know that so many women, the majority of women have been through in, in some form or fashion at some level or another. Um, the numbers, the statistics on, on the women that have actually been sexually abused by someone, it's, it's, I don't know the exact number, but it's just beyond what should be reality. Um, but that's what's, that's what's fueled all of this is my own experiences. And then hearing these these stories from survivors that I've met um, and truly understanding that there's something that needs to be brought to light and it needs to be exposed at a very massive level. That's what's really propelled me. And just knowing that we can make a difference. Like if I didn't believe that we could actually save lives and make a difference and help people, I don't know that I would be as on fire to do this as I am, but I know that we can. So, and especially with the help of of you ladies and, and, and really, you know, aiding me and, and standing beside me while I, while I fight this fight, it's, it's more than possible. So. Goodness, Kara, I'm, I'm going to definitely acknowledge you for your bravery, for your strength, for, for women. I, I got a little teary eyed, you know, for me, just to hear your story is very, very, very powerful to know that you've overcome everything and to be able to talk about it so boldly and so strong. And, you know, what I, what I know a lot of women that are sitting here listening and, and they're probably wondering how you were able to overcome this fear. And also, you know, what nudge was it that, you know, from God, that was just so clear that you had to go out and be bold for the, these women and you be able to overcome that with his strength and also his grace, because you spoke about that so so beautifully. And you inspired my, me to even overcome certain areas of, you know, of my life. So like, I'm sure Michelle can agree where for you to be able to hold that posture and for you to be able to be so strong and fierce in, in what you're doing 
what can you give our listeners to be able to have that strength and how were you able to find that? You know, I felt like, you know, I've, I've been through a lot. Like I said, I, I was on my own at gosh, 16, 16, 17. Um, I, I went down a road, a road of, of some very difficult choices. I made some bad decisions as a lot of people know. Um, there are a lot of people out there, the statistics prove it that when you are, um, abused, especially sexually abused. And as a child, it leads down a very dark road and you're very prone to, um, um, going into whether it's drug abuse or an alcohol dependency. Um, you uh, tend to attract other people that, um, will treat you badly because you feel that that's all you deserve based on what you went through. So I went down a road of of most all of it. And I almost lost my life a couple of times. I, um, considered suicide and, and, and struggled with that. I had extreme postpartum depression after my first daughter. I was married and went through a divorce. I have, um, you know, struggled with loss from, you know, everybody did with the 2008, um, recession. I've, you know, as, as I am right now, a business owner, so we've experienced losses with that. I, um, having gone through my divorce, I remarried now and have found the love of my life. Who's my best friend. And we had another baby and we have a blended family with, um, my bonus son as well. And through all of that, I feel like I've experienced, um, and I won't go into too much detail about, um, some of the things, but the, the depths and the lows. I was in um, a, a very abusive relationship before, in between my ex-husband and my current husband. Um, very abusive relationship with someone that was very narcissistic, um, sociopathic tendencies. And um, so I've experienced the lows of all the lows um, on many different levels. But at the same time, I've experienced the highs of all highs. And having a, a, such a strong relationship with my husband now, being my best friend, I have a great relationship with my ex-husband. I have an amazing relationship with my children. Um, even my husband's ex-wife, we're friends as well. I have a relationship with God. I feel that having having experienced the depths of what I've experienced on a, on a low and dark and deep, deeply dark end to experiencing the love of God and having these relationships that I do with my family. Um, I've, I've experienced both to where I know what pain is. I know what destruction feels like. I know what desperation feels like. I know what it feels like to feel like there is no other option, but to end your own life. But I also know what it feels like to be on the flip side of that, having recovered from all of those things. You know, and I, I, I honestly just feel that, um, I, I don't know how to say this without sounding this way, but I, I'm not a selfish person. I'm very selfless. So in each of those circumstances, I always thought of somebody else and how I was going to affect somebody else, even though it wasn't about me. I didn't care about me. 
I, I didn't have any self-worth. So I didn't consider my own self or what I wanted. I always put someone else before me, which, which I was then able to pull out of that dark place and do something for them or make sure that they were taken care of or make sure that they didn't have to find me in those places, in those dark places. Um, and God is what he and everything that he is, has brought me out of that darkness over and over and over again. And it's really just clinging to him and listening and slowing down enough to listen and get out of my own head. That's probably the biggest problem that people have is that they stay in their own head and they, they try to figure out whatever they're supposed to be figuring out on their own. So, you know, you hear, and it's hard to get away from the cliche, have faith. I, I feel like, you know, when I, when I was born again, I had such a hard time understanding what the depths of that means. What does it mean to have true unabided faith? You know, you can say you have faith, but if you're, if you're acting as if something might fail or something could go wrong, that's not true faith. True faith is believing that even though there are going to be some really, really hard, horrible times, everything's still going to be okay on the other side of that horrible time. And even just talking to, to, to someone else that I talked to earlier today about this, the, the fear is it's only a catalyst of something that you should be avoiding or something that God is trying to shed light on. So if he's trying to tell you to avoid it, then just to go around it. You don't have to face fear head on. You can simply just say, I I see you and I acknowledge that you're there, but I'm not going to listen to you. I'm going to move past you and I'm going to rise above you. And it's really just knowing that, yes, that's there. And yes, those feelings, even though they're not really real, they're tangible and you should probably listen to them for two reasons. Like I mentioned, one, to learn something from them. Where is that fear coming from? Identify where that fear it is, and it might be peeling back some layers there, but once you get down to the root of it, most of the time that fear is laughable. So if you really understand where that fear is coming from, you're like, wait, that's what it's coming from. It's not all of these other things that I made up in my head. That's the root. And it's almost like, are you kidding me? And then you kind of get past it by laughing at it and just realizing that even though it felt so real and it it, it was so pronounced, it's really not it's never something you can't get through or you can't overcome. So I think it's mindset, you know, and it's hard for me to summarize that in without continuing to go on and on. Um, but because I have been in those places of, of utter disappointment in where I ended up based on choices that I made, I realized that by changing the choices that I made after that, I had complete control, even though I had no control because I was surrendering and letting go and having faith, if that makes sense. Mm, wow. Um, Ted Talk by Kara Garland. So, <laughs> I mean, so many, so many things in there that, Kara, I know that even you, it's funny because when you're speaking, sometimes you don't realize the stuff that you're saying. So I hope that you'll go back and take nuggets from your own self when you, <laughs> when you listen to that. I, I know, I know I need to. I mean, it really, there's, there's, there's so many things wrapped into the things. I mean, literally we could do like 17 podcasts off of just some of the subjects that you just said. Um, I, I am beyond proud of you, just beyond proud of you for stepping up and stepping out. You know, Kara has a very beautiful 
dare I say, comfortable. I mean, you're busy as heck, but very comfortable life. So to step into something that is so dark and scary, just solely for the purpose of, you know, contributing to the world is a, is a very, very noble thing. And, um, I'm just happy to know you. I'm so excited that we get to partner with you. And so I just kind of want to share with everybody, what does that even mean? What does it mean to be partnered with her? Well, you know, Foundation's just starting. Girl Power Alliance is just starting. Um, I know that in the future, Kara is going to have a jewelry line and a clothing line, correct? Yes. It's and so, in the works right now. Yes. Okay, good. It's in the works. And we are going to have that on our website so that when you purchase any of the jewelry or the clothing from the Salvation Foundation, all um, you'll, the proceeds will go to, of course, help fight human trafficking. In addition to that, as we at GPA launch our ambassador program, um, I know that we're going to do at least one time a year, we're going to do a specific fundraiser. Um, I don't even know that what, what that looks like yet, but I know that God, that's one of the things God's put on my heart. And Kara, when we do our very first event and our goal is to do that in June of 2021, I really hope that you will honor the group and us with uh, you being there, coming to speak. Uh, people can meet you. And of course, um, you know, contribute. I'm sure we'll have, we'll have your stuff there then so people can purchase it and just know that they are contributing to something so incredibly powerful and something so much bigger than just your beautiful face. Literally, this is a global, this is a global fight that you have taken on. So we're, we're standing. I, I've been reached out to by organizations, um, in India and South America, um, specifically Brazil and they're looking to me to somehow assist them in their efforts abroad on the fight against trafficking. So um, like I mentioned um, to um, an associate that I spoke with earlier today, my goal is to to create a proven concept of uh, a structure that works here first locally, and then be able to mimic that on a smaller scale and then, and, and, um, produce something that I can present to different organizations like the ones that have reached out to me and say, okay, this is, this is really what it looks like. This is the plan that you need to implement. These are the people that you need to hire, whether it's two or three to be able to accommodate this, this amount of work and for them to be able to roll it out, um, wherever they may be so that we can continue to have an outreach where people are able to assist on all of these different levels and, and um, again, there's the fight against corruption in all of these different agencies and organizations, um, you know, that, that people like myself are going to be up against, but being able to learn those tools to identify where those corruption um, leaks are and go around them and circumvent them to where we can still provide these, these resources and the support. So there's a, there's a lot. And like you mentioned, it is it is very dark and and most recently with everything that's coming to light the last couple of months um i have to admit you know with the backbone that i've had with doing all of this research over the last few years i just last week with images that came across my desk um i just broke down i it's you know there's we are all human, even with as much conditioning as I have to be able to take this on. I, I, I just, you know, there's a lot of people that we have to help. I'll just say that, yeah. you know, there's a lot that needs to be done. So I can't, I can't express my gratitude enough to the both of you for 
choosing me to, to be the foundation that you partner with and, and helping me in this fight. And I just, I just thank you. <laughs> we, we are, we are first of all, praying a hedge of protection around you and your family. Cause we know the enemy will want to take down. You want to do a lot of things to stop you from your mission. So we're praying a hedge of protection around you and your family, praying a hedge of protection around everybody involved in your foundation. And we are standing, we're standing with you. We have armor on and we're with you. So um, I appreciate you. I love you. I appreciate you both. And I love you both. (laughs) Cannot wait, cannot wait to see what the future brings. I know we either. Thank you, girls. Thank you so much. Thanks for listening, everyone. And we want to thank you, our amazing Girl Power Alliance community for listening. And we cannot wait to see what the future holds with us and the Salvation Foundation. Don't forget, you can check us out at www.girlpoweralliance.com. Listen, we're here and we are waiting for you. You are welcome and wanted as part of this amazing community. You can also find us on Instagram, Girl Power Alliance, and Facebook. We can't wait to see you guys. Talk to you soon.